galaxy far, far away. There exists a cure for business kryptonite. Ready to battle your business woes? It's time to call a biz hero. day so far. First, Nicole calls me up for us to connect, and she honestly sounded like what I imagine a Martian Oops. to sound like. Um, I felt like I was being dialed from another planet. It was very, it was very, very frightening. <laughs> she was, like, um, freaking out. Like, ah, you sound like an alien. <laughs> I, I, like, had to hang up the phone because I couldn't, I couldn't continue to communicate. I didn't know if my brain was being sucked out while I was on the phone. I didn't know what was going on. It was very distressing for me. I'm, I'm, it's going to take me a little while to recover from this in total. I'm just not even sure what to do right now. So, But hopefully we have gotten our, uh, our issues cleared up. And, uh, and All these issues anyway. Dynamic interview with the amazing Nick Armstrong, um, who was here once before to talk about Prosperity's Kitchen. And so we had to have him back on to talk more about his own business and um, all awesome things Nick Armstrong. And um, so he did not disappoint, and I'm sure you all will enjoy him a lot as well. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Hold on. Welcome into this week's guest expert interview with Nick's, Nick Armstrong of WTF Marketing. And no, it doesn't stand for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hi, Nick. We, we're going we're gonna to show. I have a mug Mick, Nick did. Um, he does these. He calls them public service announcements. And the mug says the difference between two and eight cups of coffee. I've two cups. I've organized my to-do list by fun factor and made a haiku. Eight cups. It actually is a haiku too. Is that really? Uh, I I never oh, did well with. Look at you. <laughs> the literary genius over there. Very nice. Oh, Laura's when, already when you gushing. Do, you know, when it's nerd humor, you got to go all the way. You don't do 100% like right. It's you will appreciate. You will appreciate my poem about the IRS and I am a contaminator. You, you'll, you'll understand it more, more than most. Very good. Okay, anyway, I'll be able to verify on. it too. Yeah, I like it. Yes. <laughs> okay, I admit I have no freaking idea how to know if something's a haiku or not. I, I admit it. I don't. It's five seven five. And the things you learn on Call Miss Hero. <laughs> <laughs> Try and keep it fresh. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And today, class, we'll be having a lesson in English literature. So. <laughs> we'll I'm out of here. Into the deeper meaning of Shakespeare's Macbeth. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Um. I was I was almost I was almost a comparative literature major, so I could uh, I could go off and delving into the deeper meaning of what of WTF I want to. <laughs> okay, I gotta say, Laura has done everything. Laura wanted to be Laura wanted to be a Broadway singer. Laura um, wanted to be a doctor, and I think even went to like medical school for a semester. I went to medical school. Um, I was in she, the Air Force. <laughs> she's like, I mean, I've stopped being 
surprised. Laura's lived like in five different universes to squeeze all this into her age. I just don't know how she's done it all. <laughs> I uh, I only ever wanted to be the captain of the Enterprise. Oh so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but Nick, if you're gonna have one goal, that's a good one to have. That's a good aim, you know. I'd say yeah, I mean, reach for the stars. Just want to be Captain Literally. Kirk, you know. That's right. Explore Absolutely. Right. Strange new world. Nick, we had you on before with uh, Taya Sylvester, and you guys were talking about Prosperity's Kitchen. Today, we're going to talk about WTF Marketing. Now, personally, I love the name. I mean, it's something you cannot forget, okay? <laughs> the first time I remember interacting with you online, I'm like, well, that's a name I won't forget. And for me, it was funny. I realize not everyone's going to like it. Why that name, and, and how did you... Is this your first solo business, or... You know, your first entrepreneurial venture, or was there something before it? No, my first, my very first entrepreneurial venture was around seven years old or nine, seven and seven and nine years old, seven, seven of nine years old. I don't know, <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> Are you a Borg? So Is it was called, <laughs> I, I might be. I, I just like to sneak that in there for the Star Trek fans. Um, <laughs> no, so the, the very... The very first business that I ever created was Eagle Everything Service, and it was um, the the ultimate example of scope creep business um, and something that doesn't have any defined parameters. I would literally, I would like mow lawns or uh, rake lawns or um, go out and clean gutters and all sorts of different stuff that I could get access to. So it was uh, it was probably nice. not the best business venture ever, but I did. The, the thing that I really enjoyed about that was not necessarily the going out and doing things. It was the marketing of it. I also started up, um, before I started up uh, WTF, I started up a blog because I was really tired of my friends not being able to get jobs. It was 2008. It was just starting to go into the Great Recession, and there were, just weren't jobs for college grads. And so I created this website called Psychotic Resumes, um, and before that it was called No Really, I'm Nick Armstrong, because there was a hack actor in California who had stolen NickArmstrong.com, ah. and uh, that same hack actor appeared across from uh, the actor who plays Ron Swanson in, uh, in Parks and Rec in the diner scene where he says, bring me all of the, uh, of the bacon and eggs you have, and the guy behind the counter at the diner, that's Nick Armstrong. <laughs> Wow. But it's not you. Fun fact of the day. In high school, it started something called Salsa on the Web, because I make this wicked good salsa that's mm. like, uh, it's pineapple, and it's um, serrano peppers, and um, those are little tiny green ones. They're delicious. Um, and it's 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 hot as all get out. And I, and I was going to sell it online until I figured out that there were things like food regulations. <laughs> um, but again. Thank hey, government. <laughs> oh. It's <laughs> always getting in the way. Boil uh, again. Uh, but, but my again, it was the the thing that I, I I loved was marketing and creating the website and creating the the branding assets and I had a cool little logo and everything. I was on my second to last programming job and I'd gone through twelve jobs in two years. And uh, wow, it was, and this is not uncommon for Gen Ys. This is not uncommon. Okay. The, the average amount of jobs is nine for uh, Gen Yers who have been in the workplace for two years. Wow. And so I had gone through 12 jobs, and uh, I was I just quit 
I put in my letter of resignation from my uh, last programming job that I was going to jump to this new one. And uh, it was because I was written up for being overly direct, if you can believe it or not. Um, because I skipped over my boss, who was, he was out until four the day before. And so I went directly to the CEO with my recommendation for how to fix a particular problem. Later, I had another job request, um, or a, a job offer. And so I had resigned. I was on my second to last day, and my appendix decided that it wanted out of my body. And so uh, I almost died because I thought it oh my was God. Like indigestion or bad, a bad sandwich from lunch or something like that. And uh, they took me to the hospital 15 minutes, and I was under the knife. So, oh, my goodness. Um, I was at this new job, high on Vicodin. And <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to program jobs like house? While you're high on Vicodin. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Like, like, yeah, I, was, like, I literally like, I was house. Yeah. I was house for two weeks. <laughs> And you cannot program JavaScript while you're high on Vicodin. It just doesn't work. So about the time they asked me, hey, Nick, when are you going to wear pants again? I knew I was going to get fired. And so I pulled my 401k. I paid for a month of rent, a month of groceries, and that was it. And I created WTF marketing out of that. I was really peeved about the, um, the guru trend. And so... I was tired of small mm -hmm. businesses getting duped, and I, I could see the trend starting already that they were just getting duped left and right. And so I created, um, first I created uh, the uh, WTF Marketing, and that name really was an, uh, an externalization of that frustration I was feeling towards the gurus. And the second thing I did was I created the Digital Gunslingers, which was a, a $5 social media uh, hour-long class that you could come ask any questions and that money all goes to the the Larimer County Food Bank um, and to date we've wow. raised I think uh, close to 4,000 meals for the, the food bank. In total. Oh that's awesome. Nick I just feel like we're kind of kindred <laughs> spirits because you've had I mean but you're, you're <laughs> Your careers have been a little bit more, you know, um, targeted, but not not quite. So you've definitely had the same vast career experience that I have. What do you say has been? You know, you said you you started it as kind of a uh, a you know message to the guru sort of fallout. Um, what did you have you found in general with working with small business owners? Are the biggest problems that they have coming out of bad relationships with organizations like Guru or other firms or whatnot. Yes. It's something that I know both Nicole and I see oh. a ton, um, and it breaks my heart. So, like, if you could give your top, you know, five list for a business owner of warning signs or things to watch out for. I think it was Mark Twain who said, jargon is the last refuge of the scoundrel, right? And so mm. anytime that I hear jargon that's not explained, mm. I have an immediate red flag. The, uh, the second thing that I watch out for is an, in, an insufficient budget, right? So um, a business owner who outsources something um, for a too-good-to-be-true price, so blog posts for $15 a pop, that's just not possible. Um, you know, SEO services for, you know, $50 a page, that's not possible. I actually coined a term on Urban Dictionary called exploit sourcing for this exact premise. <laughs> trying to, and I'm eventually going to put it on a PSA somewhere. I don't, I don't know where. The third thing that I would look out for um, would be
numbers. Oh. Don't you think numbers are scarier than an invading barbarian horde? for um, it would be a lack of testimonials. Um, what happens so often with gurus is that they, um, they churn and burn projects, um, or in, in RPG terminology, they, they hack and slash, right? So you just yeah. get the experience points and move on. Um, you pick up your gold coins and then you walk. Um, there's mm -hmm. there's yeah. a fair amount of that going on where they screw up a project, they can't get the referral from the people, and so um, if you actually look at my LinkedIn profile, I have recommendations, I think one per month for every uh, month that I've been in business, and wow. so I constantly go out and seek out, um, I think I'm up to like 46 or 47 or 48 by now, but there's, there's at least one referral or close to it for every month that mm. I've been in business, and it's because I do a good job, and also I seek out those testimonials from people, and people will also naturally just leave you, if you do a good job, they'll leave you a testimonial that you can use. Um, the fourth is, uh, and this goes along with the, the first point of jargon, of using too much jargon in their terminology and not being able to explain to you what it means. So there's a certain number of questions that you can use to vet your um, your certain expert, right? So if it's a web developer, um, I would ask them things having to do with, you know, what, what factors contribute to SEO? What uh, hosting providers do you recommend? Um, who do you partner with in town? And do you have an active portfolio that I can see? Actually, I'm creating an, a, a, a presentation for this right now. It's going to be on HaikuDeck, and it'll be on WTFMarketing.com also about and it's Nicole's fault, um, about the, uh, the 10 things that your web team wish you, wishes you knew, right? And so well, it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, that would be a great and, and coming very soon. Well, and that's a great awesome. example of, as a person who I know a fair amount about web design, and I actually even know what responsive design is, but I, I know enough to get into trouble, right? And, and so, you know, Nick and I were talking, and I was like, okay, I want to outsource. These are the things that, this is what I know I need, but there's a lot I don't know. Now, I don't make the mistake of too good to be true, because I'm willing to pay the market rate, a fair market rate, for the service. Now, I'm not willing to get fleeced, you know, but it, what I like to tell people, and I think this is really important, is we all want to earn what we're worth, 
right? I mean, how many of us have had someone come, every small business owner who provides a service has seen this, and a lot of products too. Someone comes to you and they say, I need help with this, and you know, blah, 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 and you, you, you say, okay, I can help you, and this is how much it's going to cost, and this is what you can expect to see happen. Well, I can't afford that. So they go off, and they do it on the cheap, and six months later, they're either out of business or they're back to you looking sheepish saying, can you help me? <laughs> and yeah, with a smaller budget than they came to you with in the first place. Exactly. Yep, they just wait, threw money away because exactly. they were trying to save money. Instead, they throw it away. Yep. Better to That's find... That's one of the things I always oh. bring up to clients yeah. that, yeah. So, don't, don't, the cheap will come out expensive. It breaks your heart. Go ahead, Laura, sorry. Yeah. And not only, anymore, not only do they lose money, but sometimes it totally ruins their reputation, their brand. They might have to go through a total rebranding. I've definitely had clients, and I'm sure you have too, Nick, that have had to go through complete and total rebrandings, change their name, change their URL, change everything, because not only have they wasted money and accomplished nothing, but they've been blacklisted by Google, and so they are unfindable, and it is impossible to save them from certain depths of, of the Google hell. Um, when you've paid well for a, a consultant, the consultant also usually will value your investment yes. in them and yeah. not try and fleece you either. Well, and let's just stop for a second and have a moment of silence because this, ladies and gentlemen, is an example of professional integrity, which, as many of you know, is one of my huge issues because it is a increasingly rare thing to see anymore. Um, you know, you have the professionals like Nick and like Nicole and myself that do operate with professional integrity and there's many that of our colleagues that we know and refer to and work with as well. However, there is an increasing lack of professional integrity that just continues to sort of mount and the, and I think it spreads contagiously because people see people getting away with things and acting horribly yes. instead of responding in, you know, a productive way, they just join the bandwagon. And so I, I really, whenever I, you see good examples, I'd like to call attention to it because it's so important. And I know a lot of peers and colleagues watch this show. And so, you know, like, I'm a big fan of business karma, and I will tell you that when you handle all of your dealings with professional integrity, it all comes back around. And um, and I don't think it's possible to have a long-term surviving business without it. So, you know, if you ever want to jump ship to the dark side, um, <laughs> just stop and realize that, that business is business. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Very good sound device. But we are humans in general and treat people like humans because that's just the way things are, you know. So Absolutely. Yeah. So and, and good people tend to flock Nick. together. Thank you. Thank you. Good people tend to flock together as well. That's right. So if you I, I the people that uh, I don't work well with and who I don't believe in what they do, they don't get referrals. Um, and I right. never talk about them. They're, they're not talked about in the community. Generally, they're not well-known because they've burned bridges, or they're not well-known yep. because people don't like to talk about them. Right. Um, yeah. Actually, what's interesting is yeah. I had a, one of my previous business partners who 
you know, it, our, our, our business venture together pretty much ruined our friendship, but um, okay. a previous business partner was just the target of a smear campaign of, about her ethics. And uh-huh. in all of the time that we had worked together, she was the most ethical, um, and the reason is uh, that she got this target of a, of a smear campaign is because she runs a, um, a marketing business in the same genre of business that she also reviews businesses. However, um, and while that does sound like a clear conflict of interest, she puts all of her clients uh, openly on her website, and then also on the other side, she gives very clear uh, restrictions on what she will and will not do for um, businesses. If she hasn't reviewed a business, she can't take them on as a client. Um, right. And so there's there's nothing that um, that can be held against her in ethical terms, right? Because we sat right. down literally for four months before we developed this business and talked about how to keep her ethics clean. Um, and all four business partners were in agreement. And it was the, the fact that she was targeted for that smear campaign was just completely mm. uh, slime ball maneuvers yeah. by one of her competitors. Um, yeah. And so the the whole premise is that, and it's what happened as a result was her her community rallied as a result. And so I rallied. Yeah, in, in which happened. Nope. Everybody rallied in support. And so um, if you, when you think that you're doing the wrong things, you'll know it, right? When you feel that you're doing the wrong thing, right. you can stop, right? But if yeah. somebody just accuses you of doing the wrong things, it's it's worthy of a gut check to say, or really, is this a bad thing, or mm-hmm. is this something that was covered in my contract, and is this ethical? Um, and I have uh, some peer advisors that I go to, um, and people that are have been in the business for 20 years that I can turn to and say, Hey, uh, is this ethical or not? And have I crossed a line? And what should I do about this? If you know, and if their answers match my answer, I know I'm okay. Right. Well, well, I, you know, and you raise a good point too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I'm looking at the time, and I do want to make one comment on that. So you can make it. Let me make that. You can comment, Laura, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Because hold on, let me take a sip of water. Okay. Because I gotta edit it. So. <laughs> okay. I think that now, of course, I no. Well, I'll edit that out too. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead, Laura. <laughs> um, I think you bring up another really good point, which is another way a customer, if you're a potential client um, and you're evaluating, you know, a firm for marketing or web development or SEO or what be you. Um, one thing that you'll find in our industry as a whole, which you know, I'm talking about social and digital, marketing, SEO, web development, everything that has to do with your, you know, image, your message and getting it out there, is that we are a fairly cohesive group. People support each other, people, you know, network and communicate with each other, and there's a lot of peer support. So if you are talking to a company or a consultant that does not have a a very strong group of peers and colleagues that they work with and network with and, you know, are are definitely in constant sort of communications and support with, that is a huge red flag right there because that's just not how the industry works in general. And um, and so that will tell you something right there that there is uh, there's something fishy about this individual or, or business. Going back for a minute to what you were talking about, Nick, with 
uh, you know, the following your ethics and the gut check. I like to call, I like to say I have a prime directive. And, you know, you and I, Nick, have mentioned this before, that the prime directive, for those of you who don't know, it's a Star Trek thing. The, the, in Starfleet, there's the prime directive, okay? And that's, like, you, you have to follow the prime directive. It's your ultimate ruling, and everything else falls underneath that. My prime directive is I don't work with people unless I know I can help their bottom line, unless I know I can help them improve their profit, make more money, because I'm all about finance and profit. And if I can't do that, I shouldn't be taking their money if I don't believe I can give them a return. And I've told people, I'm not what you need, or I don't think I can help you with this issue. And to me, that's my gut check, is, you know, when I start to work with someone, I go, okay, can I help them? Can I make... Can I? Can they earn back the money they're going to spend on me? And if the answer is no, I say, you know what, I can't help you. That's my prime directive, and that's what I operate under in business, and that gives me that gut check you're talking about, Nick, so that I know when I'm working with someone, I'm doing what's best for them. Yeah, I've definitely turned yeah. people away for that exact reason, yeah. Yeah, and it's a fair thing to to not to say I'm not good for you at this project or I'm not a good fit for you and understanding and we've talked a lot about Nicole's actually been really helpful for uh, for this in my business is finding um, out who that ideal client is and what those prime directives needs to be. So the, the, for me, it's um, first is the project fun and something that I feel I can be passionate about, and if it's not, I can't do it. The second thing is if it's um, if they're not willing to be helped. Um, so is, I, <laughs> yes. I want to leave you with, with one tenet of advice, and I okay. think it's that uh, if your marketing professional uh, doesn't make the process easy to understand and fun for you as a business owner, you're, you've got the wrong marketing professional. Mm. Tell everybody how they can find interns, you. you know, just, um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very kidding. It's like, we don't we don't beat our interns. Hard. I'll put that away. <laughs> How can people oh, find right. you, okay. Mr. Nick Armstrong, who wasn't a B slash C list actor? Um, okay, yeah, so uh <laughs> Uh, WTF Marketing, we make marketing fun for small businesses, and you can find us at WTFMarketing.com. On Facebook under WTF Marketing, on Twitter is WTF Marketing, and pretty much anywhere around the web is WTF Marketing. And if- Great. Well, Perfect. thanks so much for Thank coming you, on, Nick. Nick. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Hi! I know we ran a few minutes over today. Thank you for your patience. Nick, of course, was well worth it. He is hilarious and knowledgeable. So we loved having him on. Unfortunately, Prosperity's Kitchen has now wrapped up, so you'll have to find him elsewhere. You can find him at WTFMarketing.com, Nick Armstrong. He's not the B-list actor. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, two weeks ago we had Laura Bennett, who also could be either an Olympian or a designer, but she's actually the CEO of Embrace Pet Insurance. I guess if your name is similar to a really famous person, call us. Otherwise, well, we'll work you in. 